0: it's Megan and I just have a couple points of housekeeping before we get started on today's awesome episode. One, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this podcast is helping you to travel, dream while we're all stuck inside. I've been stuck inside. This is going on seven weeks for me because I do have a heart condition and so it's been really um, tough for my kids and my husband. But We are dreaming of travel. We are planning our next trips. And more importantly, we are making some investments into the communities that we live in and that we want to visit. And I just wanted to encourage you guys to find a charity uh, in the place that you want to visit and invest there because um, it's all about the people. And you can't go there unless the people are thriving, not just surviving. So please find a charity and make a donation. That would be amazing. Or If you have a charity or you know someone that is doing a great job and want to give them a shout out, I would be happy to do that for next week's episode. Now to this week's episode. My two guests are Dina Farmer and Dee Nix. Dina is a travel planner and she specifically helps families with autistic persons travel better. She is specifically certified in that area. And then Dee Nix is with Autism champions out of Oxford, United Kingdom. And I can't put it better than her, so I won't try, but she is an educator, a consultant, and an advocate for um, persons with autism and families that or caregivers of persons with autism. And we specifically talk about, you know, these airplane type situations, how to understand the needs of a person with autism, and what we might do to be supportive of the caregivers. Or, or what we can do to, to help that person in that situation. And it's just, uh, it's a great conversation. So without any further ado, please enjoy this week's episode of Travel Radio Podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chappa, and I am privileged today to have a new guest with me, Dina Farmer. Hello and welcome, Dina.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Now, for people that want to follow along, would you please give them your website information?
1: Absolutely. Um, You can find me at www.lilyandmagnoliatravel.com. And those are the same handles for all of my um, social media on Facebook, but I'm mostly on Instagram. (laughs) It's the same for Instagram as well.
0: Now, I should have asked you this question first, but would you just take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. I'm Dina Farmer, and I'm a U.S. Air Force spouse and a U.S. Air Force veteran, and I am a mom to two amazing and (laughs) really wild little boys, and I'm the owner of Lily and Magnolia Travel, which helps um, special needs families see the world. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. Well, thank you for all of that, (laughs) and um, you know, the Air Force has a special place in my heart, so thank you for all that you do. (laughs) And um, yeah, wonderful. Yes. So then um, Colorado Springs is one of my favorite stateside homes. It's where we most recently moved from. And I'm pumped to have you on the podcast. And from Colorado Springs, would you give us the topic of today's podcast?
1: Um, So today we are going to be talking about where in the world you can travel with a child with autism. Which, uh, (laughs) Spoiler alert is... It's everywhere.
0: It's everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so we've no given the punchline. Yeah, great. Awesome. We've given the punchline away, um but let's get into the why and the how of that. Mm-hmm. So, starting with the why, why is this your travel specialty?
1: Um so the reason that I um decided to shift um, where I was in the travel industry is because my oldest son has recently been diagnosed with autism. Um, and so we've been trying to navigate how to travel the world with a child with autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not difficult. It just takes you know extra steps. So I figured if I was struggling to find um, resources available to us as a family with special needs, other special needs families also must fill that stream. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I know that's a niche that's very underserved, um, and I wanted to reach out and help um, people that are also in a very similar situation as mine, Um, and that's why I decided that it would be really, it would be serving others, really, to help them, um, you know, make the world available to everybody, even no matter the severity of um, the autism.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Now you've recently been certified as an autism travel specialist. What does this mean?
1: Um, so, with this, it means that I have the tools available to me to be able to help other um, families with autism travel the world. So, I begin through training to know, understand how to handle, um, you know, identify plate, like things such as if you went to Disney, um, I would be able to help you navigate. The parks and say, okay, well, this ride is really loud, but um, maybe if you went on this ride, it wouldn't be so bad. And being able to explain to them like how the subway system works and how bright that is, and how that might affect their children if they're light sensitive, or if you know the sound of the. the voice, the overhead voice on the subway train is too loud or, you know, if they're walking in Tokyo, for instance, and there's tons of people there, like maybe have um, some strategies to be able to avoid (laughs) all those crowds by going in different paths. So it it gives me the tools to be able to help um, just navigate the travel situation, but this certification also extends to suppliers so um, a lot of places like beaches and sandals have this exact same ter- certification mm-hmm. just so that we are more aware um, and sensitive to clients that may be traveling with autism
0: okay great so that, yeah. yeah I think it's I mean yes I think it's under a group of people that is underserved by the travel world and also mm-hmm. that I think there is a huge need for people of your niche so yeah I'm, I'm really glad we're getting this information recorded So um, let's do some myth busting then. What is the biggest myth that families tell themselves about traveling with an autistic child that might prevent them from fulfilling their travel dreams?
1: I think that, well, especially for me personally, as as I started to learn that my son has autism, um, I felt like it just was harder because of. The meltdowns that happen at the airport, or, you know, somebody won't understand why my child is losing his mind in Disneyland or why he can't stand the fat, like, why he has to wear earmuffs sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when people think about all those hurdles um, through their daily lives and they try to extend it to travel, um, it just becomes really overwhelming to think that way. But I know. While going down this journey, that there's lots of um, programs in place to help these families get over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the big thing is that people think that, well, there's no resources available to me um, as a family with autism or special needs, so why travel? But <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. It's like now because autism is getting so, um, it's becoming we know we're understanding it more and we're seeing it more commonly there's a lot of programs that are being developed to help people with autism see the world and um I've, i've just got like even tsa has a program that i use all the time to help us get through the airport because you know there's nothing worse honestly than your child in the middle of the security check line like Losing his mind because somebody touched him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and unfortunately, like that's just the way it is. But I think when you're working with somebody that also understands your situation, um, it makes it easier for you to get out there in the world. So, um, I wish I had this resource. <laughs> yeah, when well, we were traveling, because it would really help. <laughs> well, and it it's kind
0: of it's kind of just like everything like we move frequently. And so sometimes to to make a friend and to have to go through your whole backstory Mm -hmm. is exhausting. But like if I were to meet someone who had some common denominators to me, it would feel way more comfortable to just like get on with our lives and explain the type of things that, you know, maybe I needed. And then, you know, and without feeling judged or like, but he only does it sometimes, or, you know, there's just the ability I think for, people to approach you and be open without having to needlessly over explain what's happening with a child. So awesome. exactly. So then can we get into some, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I'm agreeing with you. 100% true. (laughs) Nice. I
0: nailed it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What are some practical tips that, you know, maybe just the first thing you think of for helping parents uh, cope with traveling I don't want to say cope, but, you know, managing expectations yeah. or something for traveling with a child with autism?
1: Well, I always think, um, I think whatever works at home should be extended to travel. So for example, um, my, when we go out in like public places with my son, and I know that something's going to be very, very, very overstimulating for him, we, I don't, I'm not ashamed of bringing his earmuffs and plopping them on his head. Cause I know that, those will bring him down.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but he's not overstimulated, so like that's fine to bring with you on an airplane. And TSA is totally fine with you having ear They're totally fine with him wearing, or your child wearing sunglasses. Um, and if, as long as you sign up for that program that I was talking about, TSA Cares, um, they they make it that so that you can get through the security line quicker. Um, and then the TSA agent is typically very very sensitive to what your needs are Um, and they don't have to go through the x-ray machines that just makes Mm -hmm. it like um, so much easier and then I always bring something with my son like like I said whatever works at home I extend it to travel so he is my rewards kid and um, we I'm not ashamed to bring the Nintendo DS or his Switch with us um, just so that he's not you know I'm putting out my bunny ears of course quotation marks bored while traveling because that's something that, um, you know, his brain works a mile a minute. So having that entertainment with him um, makes it easier for him to travel. So um, I'm not ashamed of him playing games on the plane or in a location. Like if we're waiting in line at Disney, like I will let him (laughs) play on his Nintendo DS because I know that it's going to hopefully prevent a meltdown from happening. Because you want to have fun, and I know that you want your child to be engaged and aware, but at the same time, um, just because you're traveling doesn't mean that they've changed either. <laughs> right. So whatever works at home works works while traveling, for sure. Great. The only thing I think that kind of gets disrupted is the routine, but I feel like as long as you can establish some, set, some kind of routine while traveling as well, um, that makes that transition to traveling a lot easier, too.
0: Excellent. Now we talked about yeah. beaches and sandals as being mm-hmm. uh, resorts, same same family of properties, which probably more beaches applies here, but of uh, right. resorts that, sandals, yeah, yeah, that um, that cater and have a department dedicated to people with uh, you know additional needs. Now, do you mm-hmm. find that there? is a growing number of hotels and resorts that are aware and working on this, or what do you think the landscape is and what do you think the future landscape is?
1: Um, So as far as I, I don't find a lot of hotels embracing this yet. And I think that's just because hotels are kind of um, like, you know, a place that you stay, but resorts, I find such as beaches is um, embracing it. And I think, I'm hearing words that Club Night is considering or they're doing something like that. But mostly those all-inclusives, I've been noticing, are starting to incorporate a lot of um, awareness, at least, and training for their um, staff. And then the cruise lines are starting to jump on board. And in particular, Disney's Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean is actually certified now um, through ID, um, through the uh, same place that I'm certified which is awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and then, Yeah. And then of course, all the theme parks are all getting on board. And I think that six flags of all places just got certified. Um, so that's yeah, that uh, seems, really awesome. I,
0: I am kind of surprised to hear that about six flags just because they just seem,
1: yeah.
0: in my opinion, to hit the, you know, highest common denominator for everyone, but that's refreshing. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: They've, they just got it. So I was like, oh, well, good on you, 6-1. I'm very proud of you. Nice. <laughs> awesome.
0: So then can you give us a client success story of yours?
1: Um, so actually, it hasn't been with someone with autism. It's been with someone with diabetes, which is also a special need. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a client that uh, went to Disney with type 1 diabetes and um they were very, 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 very worried about going because there's so many um, sweet, like sweet treats and not savory yes. treats for them, um, and they were just concerned about what they're going to actually eat um, while they were there. So when they, when the mom reached out to me and told me about their special dietary needs, I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, let me. <laughs> let me do some research for you to make sure that you, you know, your child is able to eat and then what are the rules as far as having like an insulin pump in the parks, mm-hmm. Um, and then where she can get rid of her sharps and, um, you know, will the hotel room provide sharps containers for her? And I found, um, I was able to find um, food for a daughter to eat and um, recommend places for emergency um, blood sugar recovery because, you know, sometimes that happens especially when you're walking around the park. Yeah. Um, If you have type 1 diabetes or type 2, um, your blood sugar can, like, just drop from exercising so much. Yep. Um, So I was uh, able to, you know, advise her on what they should do and then um, thankfully Disney was super awesome and made sure that she had a refrigerator in the room so they could keep her insulin cool and then um, the first aid station was like she said the first aid station was so great in like allowing her to get rid of her sharps and I guess there's a uh, sharps container in every bathroom <laughs> so um, they're very like they just said it was like so much easier than they didn't have to like do that research themselves that I had already had it available to them before they even traveled. So it doesn't just stop at autism. I also help other special needs as well, such as diabetes. Awesome.
0: This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And I was really happy to hear you talk about TSA cares because I knew the problem, the problem, I knew the program was in existence, but um, Mm -hmm. I guess it kind of slipped my memory, but that, I mean, first of all, the TSA gets a bad rap. Second of all, yeah, I mean, yes, it's, I'm glad to hear that there, you know, that there is this sort of thing happens. Have you had any experiences with airlines that are working, you know, to accommodate these type of needs? Because you often see these, I don't want to say often, but in recent Mm -hmm. days, I've seen some, some of these. That, you know, that, that just seemed to go above and beyond. So is this something that's happening mm-hmm. on an individual level or are, is there corporate training happening?
1: Um, I have seen it on an individual level. I haven't seen it through the, um, autism training as much. It's definitely been individual, um, so, for example, uh, I always make the flight attendants know, like, aware that my son has autism because mm-hmm. I don't want them, like, being like, you need to get your kid under control or, um, you know, because I've definitely done that to my toddler. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. all right, guys. He's like, you yeah, calm down. But um, I just let them know, like, hey, my son has autism. I know it doesn't look like he has any kind of special needs because it's a cognitive disability, not a physical one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he starts crying and i know that he's almost nine years old um i you know i'm doing my very best but this is an autism meltdown and the only thing that's going to work is like to let him go through the whole process and then he'll calm down and then it'll be over but i let them know um i make them very aware and when we went on a trip to turkey I can't say, and I like, you know, United sometimes gets a really bad (laughs) rap, Mm -hmm. but I will have to say the flight crew from Denver to, um, Frankfurt, like I told them as soon as I got on the plane, the head flight attendant, I said, Hey, um, you know, my son has autism. If there's any way that you guys can extend some understanding, um, or maybe if you can give me some help, I'd really appreciate it. Um, and then during the entire flight, the Whole flight crew, uh, like the whole flight crew of flight attendants, were constantly coming and checking on me, making sure that I needed, you know, if we needed anything, and my son needed need any additional snacks to keep him happy. Um, so, like, just telling them, I feel like, is a huge benefit because it just um, it makes it manages their expectations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it really helps. But in general, like across the board, I don't think there's any. Um, airlines yet have become certified Mm -hmm. or doing training to um, help. But I'm sure that will change as, you know, this becomes more and more um, focused with um, people traveling. Yeah. I hope
0: so. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, if anyone from the airlines is listening, y'all need a way to climb out of a hole right now. So get yourself a good (laughs) PR person. (sighs) And yeah. focus on the good things you're doing and this will buy you some goodwill with not just families with autistic, you know, family members, but with the rest of us too. Because mm-hmm. we like that sort of thing. It's, a, it's a, True. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, okay. Well, then before I close out, is there is there anything else that I'm missing that you would want to tell listeners?
1: So um, we did tap in a little bit about TSA Cares and I, I really wanted to talk about that because like you said, Megan, um, TSA does get a really bad rap, but I think that this program, especially in regards to special needs, regardless of your special need, um, it's so good. Um, I haven't had a bad experience at all with TSA Cares. Um, so I I do personally have the, um, um, oh my gosh, what was it? what is it called? The TSA PreCheck. Yep. Um, but this program is, Kind of similar to TSA pre check in that you set it up before you travel. So you, you call TSA care. and submit it to them and say, hey, um, they'll even come and like meet you at the ticketing counter. Amazing. Um, if you really need, yeah, you know. I was like, this is so, so nice. Um, but they, what happens is you'll go through the, um, you'll let the TSA agent know and you'll go through the, um, whichever line is shorter, and then they will not make. The um, people that are traveling with the person that needs the cares, um, they won't make them take off their jacket or their shoes or go through the x-ray machine because they you have know, sometimes that can be really, like, overstimulating standing in that machine, especially for someone with autism. Um sure. I know my son, like, looks at it with deer in the headlight look. It's like, I know you're not going through it. This is a metal detector. Um, And they make the, I mean, they can get tied down. It does say that on the TSA website. So I want to make families aware, especially um, for sensory issues. Um, So they can still do that because it's part of security. But, um, it's, it's made really quick and the whole family can stay in the screening area. So if they need that support and that this is just going to be really fast and then we're going to get through here, um, they make that for them. Mm-hmm. And then another extension is for me, especially because I was traveling by myself with my boys is that they took me to my gate. Like they walked me from security to my gate. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, I have another helping hand. This is so nice. And they, the agent was pushing my stroller for me so I could hold my oldest son's hand while we're walking to the airport. And I just was like, This is such a great program that I, I really think that when you're traveling, you know, flying, this is something that you should definitely 100% take advantage of because yeah. it's so wonderful. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I really love it.
0: I just as a, I mean, I wish they had that for. All moms almost because I've definitely flown yeah. <laughs> with my kids <laughs> before and you've you know and you've got one going one way and one going the other way mm-hmm. or or however but I mean I'm really glad to hear that that's available and that they're so you know giving of their time. So yeah, yeah. kudos to TSA cares. That's great. Yes.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, tell so us true. where
0: we can find you again online. And people can, of course, go to the show notes and they will see your face mm-hmm. and they will click on your face and then all your contact information will be there. But tell us one more time where we can find you.
1: Okay. So you can find me on my website, Um And it's the same handle for Facebook and Instagram. Um, but if you want to engage with me more, I'm definitely on Instagram a whole lot more. Um, and that's the same thing, Lily and Magnolia travel. Um and yeah. All right, wonderful <laughs> you can find me.
0: Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the program today. Well, thank you so much, Megan. It's been a lot of fun chatting. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I hope we do it again sometime.
1: Yes, for sure. All thank right. you.
0: All right, for our second segment on the podcast, I wanted to bring in a friend of mine who is also a consultant with Autism Champions here in Oxford, and her name is Dee Nix. Dee, would you, well, first off, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Welcome. Thank
0: you. Yes. And would you take a minute to introduce yourself and your consultancy?
2: Sure. Um, My name is Dee. I am originally a teacher, but I got into working um, with children with autism very, very early on. And I just absolutely love it. I feel like, um, The idea of somebody being autistic, we're just not getting it. We're not understanding the capacity and what these people are capable of. It's incredible. I feel like we're dismissing them so much. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I opened my own company when I moved here to Oxford. um, It's um, a consultancy and advocacy service where I do training. I work with schools. I work with families. um, And I have some ladies working with me who are um, out working with children in schools and families as well. Um, And we work through kind of... um, championing neurodiversity so the idea of having kind of neurodiverse brains brains that are just not the same as everybody else's and they potentially may see the world in different ways and how important it is for us as a society to think about that and rather than saying well if it's not this way then it's wrong well actually maybe we are seeing it from a different way and how can we use those incredible brains um, going forward rather than dismissing them great
0: and um what is the name of the consultancy and how can people find you online
2: sure we are called autism champions we um you can find us at autism champions on all the social medias we have a website www.autismchampions.co.uk and uh, very very soon we are going to be launching some online workshops with myself dnix and and we're going to do a range of workshops around stimming and meltdowns traveling um what else Looking at behavior, it being communication, mm. all of that kind of stuff. So great, that.
0: yeah. Let me know when you have, especially the travel one. I'll I'll put that yeah. information out on my social That's media good. channels, and right. then people can tune into that. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, so the reason I I have you on is because we just had a great interview with Dina Farmer on uh, on you know planning vacations for families that might have a child or someone with autism. Um, and I think that, you know, especially we've seen these social media viral type videos where there's been a child or someone with autism that's, you know, kind of had their meltdown, either in an airport or a plane or just, you know, the place where as a parent, you really hope under any circumstance, any child doesn't have a meltdown, but then you have, you you know, a child with one of these, um, you know, whatever we would label as different behaviors yeah. um, or different minded people. I don't know. I don't want to say it. I don't want to be offensive, but, um, you know, what I'm trying to say how yeah. if we are if you're, you know, for, can we talk about it from a couple of different angles in the sense that yeah. if you are a parent or you just how about let's just go if you're a passenger and you're experiencing this, like just. It just happens out of the blue. As a passenger, what would you say, you know, you could aid this parent or things you absolutely shouldn't do to help this parent that's dealing with the situation? Can we start there?
2: Yeah. So as a passenger, I think we, there's a few different things, isn't there? I think the first thing that anybody can do is not judge. Mm -hmm. Because straight away, like even if it happens to you and happens to me, if our child, whether they've got any kind of additional needs or their brains are different, whether our children are kind of conforming or not, that's tough. You know, it's really tough on the Mm. parent. Straight away, you can feel that people are watching you. Sure. And I think the first thing would be just to hold on and say, right, I don't know the full story here. um, So as not to judge what might be going on, because I think it's very easy to jump to, well, you should have, the the mum should have done this, the mum hasn't done this, the dad hasn't done this. Um, We don't know. Yeah. so kind of trying to keep an open mind and I think the easiest thing for a passenger to, to do is to not ignore it but to say is there anything I can do to help yeah okay yeah. because actually we have all of these ideas oh you know this could help this could help really we don't know so let's Hold on to the fact that this parent is doing the best they can in the current situation. The child, no matter what age, that child could be forty nine, yeah, still be autistic and forty nine with their parents. Yep, they're still that parent's child, and they still that person with that autistic person, that neurodiverse person, could be doing the best they can be do they they're doing with the situation they're in so what I always always go back to is what we see is behavior but actually what we're experiencing is communication Mm, mm. and this person is trying to communicate whatever age they are they're trying to communicate that the situation they're in is not working for them and they don't feel safe yeah so how can we help that parent that parent just needs someone coming up saying is there anything I can do to help do you want me to find a quiet space for you yeah you know, usually it's about overstimulation. It's about sensory overload mm. and it's about anxiety. That child, that person isn't able to cope with everything that's going on. There's been, there's too much noise. There's too much light. There's too much being asked of them. The, You know, maybe their clothes don't feel good that day. Maybe it's, it's just, you know, not the right day. Maybe they're hungry and they just don't know how to say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've now brought me in the sense that you said, can I find a quiet space for you? Yeah you're bringing me to um maybe our flight crew and and you know talking to my you know the guests that was on before you and just in the people that I know in the industry it doesn't sound like we actually offer privately in industry trading for when guests you might have these you know conditions but am I saying this right is that offensive
2: a condition yeah well no the thing is so it's it's really changed at the moment. They've looked at the idea of it's not really being a, if you look at the, um, the autism movement at the moment, they're saying that autism isn't a medical diagnosis. It's just a different way of being human. Okay. So actually, if you just say autistic people okay. or neurodiverse people.
0: I didn't even know if the word autistic was not like offensive. You know, you just don't know these days.
2: No, proud, proud and autistic and proud is okay. where I'm going. <laughs>
0: okay, great. So, so, I mean, we, I know that we train people, you know, to restrain people. On yeah. planes with bad behavior, but mm-hmm. I think that we need to also be aware that they're, you know, see what's happening and and see that there would be a parent trying to console this person. Um, yeah. So if you were a flight crew person, like what advice could you offer them or what could they be offering a parent that's Shh. trying to cope with this?
2: And see, this is the thing, I think lots of times what we're doing is we're trying to deal with this, like, you know, the whole, that whole saying, you know, close it, shutting the gate when the horse is bolted. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pointless, isn't it? What we're trying to do is fix a situation or look at a situation after we've kind of gone through the worst of this. If a child is kind of on meltdown on a plane, in one sense, that meltdown just has to go through, mm-hmm. you know, they have to experience that because they're stuck in it then. Um, It's going to be very hard to bring them back down. But again, it goes back to the, um, obviously, I do not condone anybody hurting anybody else on Mm -hmm. purpose that's not okay and we know that but actually what our children doing what our autistic people do where they tend to lash out is because they're afraid Mm -hmm. you know that's what we do we all do it that's a human behavior that's not Mm -hmm. an autistic behavior that's a human behavior Mm -hmm. we all lash out don't we? we all kind of try to defend ourselves we we go into fight flight when we are anxious and we are terrified so again it goes back to kind of pre-planning and I'm always about this if we have it should be kind of up there if you're booking tickets and you have somebody who's neurodiverse and uh, kind of putting it in there right if you have somebody who's neurodiverse on this plan can you let us know and what what kind of strategies you've got in place and then how we can support that so actually getting the parents involved straight away things that I think would be helpful to have on an airplane mm-hmm. would be ear defenders mm-hmm. okay just ear defenders are great I like them.
0: And, Um, you know, for people listening in the States, we're talking about over-the-ear,
2: like, um, ear protection. noise-canceling headphones.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Okay, so you can – I've got a really nice swishy pair, which I use for work, Mm. um, and I love them because, actually, if I ever go to London on the tube, I stick them on and I can just kind of be in my own little world, which I enjoy. Um, But – Kind of ear defenders, noise cancelling headphones are great to kind of start blocking out some of that noise. A lots of times there might be a sensory box. So a box of kind of nice, um, a, a feely box, you know, things with nice toys in it, like um, squishy stuff or things that make kind of little um, flashy lights. Small, tiny thing though. Know, that could be something that might be helpful. But again, it goes back to that simple, simple tool of stopping, not judging seeing that that child is trying to communicate something and supporting the parents in a way that says, how can we help? Mm -hmm. What can we do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it it might just be that that parent might say, you can do nothing right now. I just need no one else to come near us. Yeah. You know, that could be it. We just need space for this kid to have his moment and he will kind of hopefully and probably eventually just be exhausted, poor little thing, and calm down. And the mom and dad know them better. The mom knows whoever's with that child knows them the best.
0: Sure. And the thing that I worry about is that either too many people offer to be involved. Yeah. Or that, you know, while we're looking at them, that the parents feel judged and then they alter their behavior into something that wouldn't be helpful for that child. Something that's not consistent to what would happen at
2: at home. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is what happens a lot.
0: Yeah. So in my, my, I mean, my children are, are rascals anyway. So, but, um, but we don't have any autistic children, but I know that I do that. And so you. I because think
2: it's a parent thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's and like, what, what do people think I should be doing right now? Even though what you know works.
0: Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess from thinking about being a passenger in the situation, I would want to not stare at them, I would want to give them just like the courtesy of of not not get glaring at them,
2: yeah, but you know we're human, and sometimes yeah. you know we we look, we stare, yep, we do, but yep. what if we stared and we just gave a little smile, yeah, you know what if we what if we looked over and we just smiled and said, "I see you, you know, well done, um and i I suppose then it's about someone just taking charge one adult within the kind of the crew for mm-hmm. me would be identified as the kind of neurodiverse champion on the plane mm-hmm. and if anything did happen that that person would be identified immediately and brought over and said right i'm stepping in and you go over and say right i'm your neurodiverse um, attendant i'm the one who's going to be dealing with you nobody else is going to speak to you right now i'm your person my name is this how can i help
0: mm-hmm.
2: and this is this is what we will do i'm going to stop anybody from talking to you right now, unless you want them to. Yeah. I can create this kind of safe space around you. And actually that straight away, other people around them, the passengers hearing that from a, cry, a flight attendant will go, ah, okay, they're on this. They know what they're doing. This is great. And suddenly it doesn't become as interesting anymore.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, and I, so I think it's curious, um, you know, our English languages are so similar, but but different in the sense that you know in the in the states when you say some, to someone i'm dealing with it or i will deal with you later like that's how we use yeah. it like
2: uh, okay. so you know, yeah.
0: and so um so to me if i were to hear that you'll be dealing with me it sounds like your problem yeah or there's yeah. like yeah there's an authority issue here yeah. um but so in the so in what i would you know, even in that language, I would say like, I will be helping you. I yeah. will be aiding you. I will be, you know, your buffer, yeah. whatever it is. So that's, it's just interesting to think about the, the you know, I, the I know how you mean it. it? Yeah, yeah. I know how you mean it, but um, anyway, yeah, these are good. These are good tips. So um, what objects that would naturally be on a plane might be of use to a parent?
2: Oh, this is a hard one because every single child I know is different.
0: Sure. I'm so, thinking there might be pillows, there might be blankets.
2: Yeah, pillows, blankets. You could always make a little den.
0: Yeah, something like an empty row for a den or an like a little cave. For a
2: den, yeah. A kind of little cave, something kind of to, to block out some sensory input.
0: Yeah, I was also thinking like, you know, sometimes they have those shiny airplane wings or like a sticker.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, stickers. and um, But lots of time if a child is really struggling... Um, anything new brought into the situation mm. can be quite difficult. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But again, I suppose it's about trying to get in there beforehand. Lots of times a child won't kind of just flip into, they'll seem like they've just flipped into a meltdown, but they haven't. It's It's been coming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a long while. So again, this is where I kind of go back to the idea of people being aware and earlier on prior to a child having to go that far to show how much distress they're in. Mm being mm-hmm. able to kind of spot it earlier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being able to kind of approach parents early and saying, Oh, hi, my name is Didida. I'm the neurodiverse um, champion on this yeah. flight. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything we can do ahead of the flight um, to kind of support you guys. And um, is there anything you would like us to know or like to us to prepare?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, the guy that was on earlier talked about if it works at home, it will Do work. It. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and she does tell, cause she's taken her children all over the world. She says, you can take, she has an autistic son and okay. she says, you can, you can take him anywhere. Yep. You know, you just gotta, you know, talk it, talk it through with them, prepare Be them, consistent. bring the things. Yep. yep. And she does tell the flight, the flight crew ahead of mm-hmm. time. Um, this is, this is what's happening. And she does say he will have to go through it yep. if you could just let, just let him have some space. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is good and, you know, consistent information. So yeah, good. Brilliant. Um, now before I, I this is a short, short segment, but I want to give you the opportunity to say anything else you might think would be valuable that I haven't included yet.
2: Well, for me, it's about changing. It's kind of a paradigm shift, really. I think we need to change the way we see, um, kind of how we see people communicating and what we need to do in advance. You know, if we have a child with a disability, a physical disability, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, they come and you, you, you let people know in advance and it's very obvious that this child or this person might need extra support. OK, Um they're 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 rushed, to the, you know, they're at the front of the queue. They have special. They have um, kind of extra time to get onto the plane. They're not rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this kind of stuff. And it's about recognizing that just because you can't see it, somebody might just need exactly the same kind of support. And the same kind of time to process information, but you just might not be able to see what's mm-hmm. going on for them and that's a huge thing i believe every single airport needs to have a, a, a neurodiverse kind of lounge, lounge. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where um there are there's access to complete and utter chill out zone you know um very very quiet very chilled out like dimmed lights um very no um these loudspeaker announcements it's yes. just crazy yes have you ever had a headache or been really really hungry and then gone to an airport
0: yeah the worst worst i've had a migraine in an airport and it's Ugh. yeah so do you know any airports that have these areas already yeah. okay yeah.
2: dublin airport has one.
0: Oh, cool of course yeah. you would be familiar with that
2: i would be um and i think does gatwick have one gatwick I, or Stansted, one of them has one
0: uh, i don't know i should look I it up and add them in the uh, show notes
2: yeah they've gotten better at getting play areas for kids yep. do you know what i mean yes That's definitely gotten better um, but I think they're not I think they're missing a trick on that. And the thing is, guys, it's not just kids. Autistic kids become autistic adults.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. And we
2: haven't Autism isn't a new thing. Autism has been here since the beginning of time. Yeah? Yep. It's it's a kind of it's a neurobiological difference. It's it's been there. It's evolutionary. We need it to survive as a species. Um, so Unfortunately, what we've had to do is a lot of people who've been autistic along the way have masked, and um, much to the um, the the a huge kind of impact on their mental health. So we've had a lot of kind of issues around mental health with people who've been masking their autism their whole life. And mm. um, so actually, it's not just about kids as well; it's about adults and the elderly who are autistic being able to seek out support and being able. And lots of people don't travel because they can't because they're not able to because of the stress it puts on them.
0: Sure. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Hmm.
2: So, again, it's just about kind of just changing the way we think slightly.
0: Well, this is a good conversation. I'm glad that we've had it. I think yeah. it'll tie this episode oh, nicely. One
2: more thing. Please. There's a, there's a sunflower lanyard. Have you heard about that? Actually, I have, but you tell us. Go ahead. Okay. So, the supermarkets have introduced this sunflower, Tesco's. Um, have introduced this sunflower lanyard and actually you can use it anywhere in the uk it's a lanyard that has it's green with yellow sunflowers on it and if it's spotted it means you've got a hidden disability ah and if that's spotted it means that the staff um, and the specific staff who wear them and you can kind of if you match your lanyard to another person on the staff then you know that person's been trained and has insight into um hidden disabilities that's really great yeah
0: I wish that this was a wider, you know, uh, that more people would take this up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you know what? It would cause so much less stress and anxiety and um, kind of meltdowns for people. And mm-hmm. it would make life so much easier for so many people.
0: I think so. Well, it, it must be coming, though. This this I so think this so. movement has traction. There will be some sort of universal thing. Yeah, And I look forward to that happening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for your time. If people want to get a hold of you, um, your your picture will be in the top right corner of the uh, episode. And they'll be able to click on your face and get all your information. I'll also put it in the bottom of the show notes so people can click right through and, um, and contact you. Do you want to give us an email address real quick?
2: Sure. It's info at autismchampions.co.uk.
0: Perfect. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for being thank on the much. podcast. Thanks very much. Yeah, great. This is Megan Chappa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying good night.